is something that your intellect and your instincts say may not happen, but your faith says, yes, it will. Clap those hands and give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Amen. As we remain standing for the reading of God's holy word, we on this Sunday will begin a brand new series of messages. Amen. This is still the year of the harvest. First series was entitled A Time of Harvest. <clears throat> For the next four weeks, God has given us this series from this one specific reference of Holy Scripture. The book of 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> chapter number 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. And in every message for the next four weeks, we are going to read the same identical text that God has given us. Just three verses. So after the next four weeks, you may not know all of the Bible, but you will know 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. Amen, somebody. With that in mind, we now read for the first time in this first message our text beginning with verse number seven. The series of messages is entitled, This is Us. This is Us. Look at somebody and say, This is Us. So that means nobody can judge anybody. Because this is, let me try that one more time. Look at somebody and say, I can't judge you because this is us. Amen. This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, concluding at verse 9, reading from the New International Version, and it reads, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. <laughs> Verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted. I thank you, Lord. But not abandoned. Struck down. My brothers and sisters that may be incarcerated right now, struck down for the moment, but not destroyed. And those who love God's word, said amen. amen amen the series is entitled this is us four messages from these three verses sermon number one all the messages in fact are direct quotes from the text here is the first message look at someone that is standing next to you simply say to them hard pressed but not crushed. 
That's what we want to talk about. Hard press, but not crush. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hard press, but not crush. <laughs> Hard pressed. Amen. You need to sometimes say that all week and just remind your enemy that your destination is not what you're going through, but your destination is what God has for you when you come through it. Amen, someone. Listen, there is a very popular television show that has just concluded its third season and it's aired on NBC. And the show is entitled, This Is Us. If you haven't seen it, I will would urge you to go back and see it. You can see it on, on demand. Amen. This show, this popular TV show, follows the lives of three siblings, two boys and one girl, and their parents. What makes this family so unique is that one of the siblings is an African-American male who was adopted at birth by this wonderful young white couple that lived in the early 80s in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The African male role is played by Sterling Brown, who won an award, a Golden Globe Award, an Emmy Award for his role in this show. These siblings, this is what is so unique about it, were all born on the same day, amen. Uh, this couple, in order to put it in some context, had triplets that were born on the same day. One of the triplets died at childbirth. But yet, before they left the hospital, there was another young baby, African-American baby, that was born that day who was abandoned by his mother and just left in the care of the hospital. The doctor who knew the family well said to them that you thought you were having triplets, but there is this young baby who needs a family. And since you've prepared your mind, your house, and everything to raise triplets, Will you consider adopting this young baby? And they did. Early 80s, Midwest town of Pittsburgh. And this young couple now adopted this young African-American male and raised him as their son without any distinction. Mm. What stood out? to me was how this show used flashbacks to recall the past, talk about the present, but viewed the flashbacks 
from every perspective of each child and their parents. It's an amazing way the show is put together. And so you get to see the children growing up. You get to see their struggles. You get to see uh, in a dramatic emotional journey their ups and downs. This unique and special family, you get to see as a viewer their successes. You get to see their failures. We see their triumphs and we witness their tragedies of each family member. It reminds us as we watch the show that there are no perfect families and there are no perfect people. Mm. Could not help as my wife and I watch this show uh, to be inspired so much so I said to her a while back, baby, I think God wants me to use this show to develop a series of messages and to share with the congregation and to all those by way of internet or radio who listen to this service. And the message was particularly for those of us who are people of faith. Because sometimes we think that we ought to be exempt from problems and trials and tribulations. And God says, I want you to take them on a journey through life by faith of their own lives. And see that we all live a life that's full of ups and downs. Am I in the right church? We all live a life that has some good days and some not so good days. We all live a life in which we have triumphs and we have tragedies. We all live a life, it's not just your family, where we have family celebrations and yes, family disappointments. We all have struggles. We all have laid awake at night, walked the floor at night. We all have cried tears of sorrow as well as tears of joy. God said to me as we were uh, praying over the inspiration for this series, God says, now this is one of those judge yourself series and not judge anyone else. Because perhaps when we think of the drama that we have experienced in our own lives, in our own families, on our own jobs, then we too, regardless of who we may think we are, we too, regardless of the titles associated with our names, we too, regardless of how long you've been saved, can declare and decree, this is us. Amen. Look at somebody and say, this is us. Because the truth is, you're not the only one who's dealing with a jacked up family. Every family I know 
at some point or other have had issues they've had to deal with. You're not the only one. Sometimes we, we, we try to give the appearance of being so deep and we refuse to be transparent and we think that because of who we are, we have to always portray a facade of strength and never show any weaknesses. But oftentimes, that hurts the gospel message. Because if you always portray an air of perfection, someone who is really transparent, know that they can't ever reach that, will say, I just may as well give up. Because I can't ever be like they are. But if they really knew your story, if folk really knew that behind the Gucci and the Louis and all the dressed up makeup you wear, there are tears that have scarred your face. May I preach? There are times at night that you've had to pray for your own family. Truth of the matter, if they knew that you've had to go down to the jail and bail some of your own children out of jail, if they knew that you had to pray some situations out, if they knew that you've had family drama that have led family members not to speak to each other, not for days and weeks, but some have dealt for even years, then you will be able to declare with all transparency, this is truth of the matter is in this church this is us and for those who are leaving one church looking for the perfected church keep looking because if you think the church was right before you got there the moment you join it stopped being right because you brought all your drama No church is perfect. No one is perfect. Everybody deals with drama. It amazes me. I, I, I want to take my time and preach this series. Thank you for giving me time, Worship and Arts, to preach this series. It amazes me how the enemy can infiltrate our psyche and convince those of us who are just trying to worship God and do the right thing that there are some people we worship with that are so bad we can't worship anymore. I don't get that. How you let folk with no anointing stop you from coming to get your anointing? Good God Almighty. Listen, I can sit by anybody for an hour. When I used to go mail to williams Bryce Stadium, when I used to go, I figured out, Lord, have mercy, I got to sit by this drunk, talkative, cussing fan that jumps up every time, and the Spirit just remind me this too will pass. So if you can go to a game and sit by a drunk, cussing fan-waving fanatic, why can't you come in church and sit by anybody and praise the Lord your God? I don't care what you say about me, baby. You will not stop me from getting my anointing. I can worship in the presence of demons. 
not preaching this. Baby, you're not that holy that you can't worship in the presence of demons. You better get used to it because the moment church is out, when you go to Red Lobster, you're going to sit by demons. When you go to work on Monday morning, you're going to work with demons. When you go pump your gas, maybe the gas attendant that's taking your credit card is a demon, but it doesn't stop you from getting groceries or gas. This is us. <laughs> Look at somebody say this is us. I'm going to enjoy this series. And the longer I've been preaching, the older I get. I don't have much time left, so I just don't hold back anything. When I was 30, I wanted to be cute and deep and make sure I didn't offend anybody because I really, really, uh, my psyche often depended on how many people would show up to church and how happy they would get. But as I got older, God delivered me from that. God says, whether you like me or not, the truth is still the truth. And I, I got to help you, not like you. And sometimes you don't like what helps you, but it's still good for you. Just like Mother Josephine Anderson used to make me take that castor oil. I used, uh, Sister Floretta, I, I used to not even like the cough behind her. You remember the old church, they used to walk around church with castor oil in their pocketbooks. The moment I coughed, she'd get out that big tablespoon. I said, God, why you carry a tablespoon and castor oil? Open your mouth, boy. And she didn't wait on me to go home and do it. Open your mouth right now, and she'll make me swallow it right now. But I must confess, after I had a little visit with you-know-who, I felt a little better. <laughs> a little visit in the private room, you felt a little better because everything that's bad for you it's not bad to you. Amen. It was good for you. So look at the text. Look at the text. Second Corinthians. In this text, let us examine how the words of the Apostle Paul may relate to what some of us are perhaps going through at this very moment. The truth is, these three verses applies to our life and to some of us right now. And if you haven't gone through it, you will. Amen. And if you are going through it, you're going to go through it again. I just want to warn you, if you want to be troubled and worry-free, then you don't need to be saved. Because the enemy will come on you. The old folks say, when hellhounds are on your track, trying to turn you back. Look at the text. In this second letter that was recorded by the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, in fact, it was the third letter. The first letter, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it was never found. Paul wrote an earlier letter. 1 Corinthians was actually his second. This was the third time, but recorded in Scripture as Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. 
Paul writes this very unique book to do two things. One, to defend his apostolic authority as the critics and the naysayers and the haters were all criticizing Paul, blaming him for not being right and you are a fraud. But even more importantly, he writes this to encourage these believers by sharing Paul's own testimony. And the testimony of those who were with Paul, such as Timothy and Silas and Titus and others. Because oftentimes we could think of others who minister to us as inflappable and they never have to go through anything. But Paul wanted them to be encouraged and, and he was so transparent and Paul was so honest with his own struggles that he says, I need to share with you our struggles in other words, this is us. I, I'm an apostle. I, I'm a believer. But I, too, have struggles. And there are things in my life that I deal with every day. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, the NIV translation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, Paul writes these words. He says, who comforts us. In other words, praise to God in verse 3, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort we ourselves receive from God. God allows us to go through things, Paul says, so that we can comfort you when you go through things. Don't, don't you hate on the troubles. Don't get so discouraged when you go through stuff. God allows you to go through things so that your testimony can encourage somebody else. Uh, everybody, God doesn't choose to be an example. In fact, I told the church this morning, if you look at the story of Job, what stands out to me about Job was that Satan wasn't the one who initiated Job's name. Job's name did not first come out of Satan's mouth. It was God who introduced Job to the dialogue. The Bible says when Satan went around uh, trying to uh, discourage those to and fro the earth, seeing who I may deceive and discourage, God said, well, have you considered my servant Job? What a testimony that God thinks so highly of you that he introduces you to the enemy and says to the devil, why don't you mess with her? Why don't you bother him? God knows that you will go through something, but you won't give up. God knows that you will take a licking, but you will still keep on ticking. God knows that when trouble comes your way, you won't get discouraged and stay home for weeks. But you can worship although you are discouraged. Satan says, I know who Job is. In fact, you have a hedge of protection around Job. And if you remove 
remove the hedge, I'll make him curse you to your face. Well, since Satan is not omniscient, since Satan does not know everything, he made a mistake about his assessment of Job. He was right about the hedge, but he wasn't aware of the anointing behind the hedge. Oh, I wish I could preach this. Satan knows what protects you, but Satan doesn't know what keeps you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He sees the arms of God around you, but he does not see the anointing of God that's in you. And what Satan did not know was behind the hedge was the anointing of God that says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. All the days of my appointed time will I wait until my change come. Ooh. So if the devil is messing with you, you ought to be encouraged because God has chosen you to bless somebody else. Paul goes on to write in verse 8 of chapter 1, 2 Corinthians, throughout this series, I've said to the staff upstairs, follow me because we're going to be looking at scripture and how it applies. Verse 8 says, Paul writes this, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure for beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. We were so discouraged that we went through something ourselves. Indeed, verse 9 says, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened. Oh, look at somebody say, there's a purpose for everything you go through. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. How many of you know there's a reason why you go through what you go through. So then Paul transitions over to chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians verse 4. And he tells them, because we went through something, we're able to encourage you. And I want you to know in verse 4, chapter 2, for I wrote to you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears. I want you to know that I've gone through something. Chip, he wants you to know that although I'm writing this epistle, I wrote with a broken heart and with anguish and I had to cry myself not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. Paul wanted these faithful believers to know that he and those that were with him uh, had gone through so much but they had made up their minds never to lose heart or to give up the faith, regardless of how their critics may have attacked them or what they were going through or what the struggles were. They knew that God would make a way somehow, and they knew that their bodies were nothing but made of clay anywhere. And although he carried a title, he was still a human being that went through human experiences. We've got to understand 
who we are. Somebody just shout, this is us. Paul says, don't you lose heart. And although we are apostles, Timothy, Silas, myself, and others, and we have founded many churches, and I have written many epistles, I'm just like you. I am a human being made of flesh. In fact, he says in verse 7, he described themselves like this. The new internet, the, the King James puts it this way, this earthen vessel. In other words, this, this earthen vessel, this body that is made of earth. The NIV translation puts it this way, this, these jars of clay. Clay was something that, 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 that can be molded and shaped. And, uh, we are just jars of clay. I like how the Message Bible, however, puts it. The Message Bible says this. He says, uh, this unadorned, uh, these unadorned clay pots. In other words, ain't nothing fancy about us of our ordinary lives. We're just like you. We, we may be apostles and preachers, but we cry when we're hurt. We bleed when we're stabbed. Uh, we get disappointed when people let us down. Earthen vessels made of clay. Don't you try to be so deep that people don't see your transparent testimony. People need to know no matter how long you've been saved that you struggle with issues also. Even the preachers and the deacons and the mothers and all the church leaders, folk need to know that you haven't always been where you are. And the truth of the matter is any day you can sometimes mourn and cry because we are made of earthen vessels. Can I testify? Be encouraged. Folk often ask me, they say, Pastor uh, Jackson, you often, here's, here's what the critic says, and some folk, and God bless them, they, they are so defensive of, of what folk say about me. They say, they call you the cotton candy preacher. And I said, what does that mean? They mean you preach things people like to eat. And I say, that's fine. And they says, what do you say about that? I say, well, tell them the cotton candy is just the dessert. But I thank God for the dessert. Amen. I just, I just want you to get the word. And Paul in 2 Corinthians defend himself. In fact, one scripture, he says, look, I am as eloquent as anybody. And I can go as deep as anybody. But my goal is to reach you, not impress you. And so Paul says, I'm just an earthen vessel. And then he transitions. Good God almighty. To verse number eight, he says, I want you to hear our testimony. When you think about giving up and when you think about throwing the tower in, I, I want to remind you that we too have struggled and we too have had a lot of difficult times in our life. But you got to stand tall regardless of what you're going through. Dry your tears, hold your head up high, smile anyway, straighten your back up. Tell the devil for God I live. And God, I die. I just need to find, is there anybody in the building who've gone through the worst of it? And you can still say, I'm standing on the solid foundation. Clap those hands and give God your best praise. 
Look at Paul. Paul gives them a little cotton candy. <laughs> Paul says, we are hard pressed mm, on every side, but not crushed. I took the liberty of looking up the different translations and even looking at the original text in this Greek and allow me the homiletical liberty to share with you a few observations. Number one, the King James says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. The original Greek translation for the word troubled means we are pressed. We are squeezed. We are hedged in. Our backs are against the wall. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice and you've ever felt squeezed and pressed and hedged in and your backs were against the wall and although you prayed, although you fast, you still felt as if you were squeezed in and you did not know what to do. Can I get a witness? Look at somebody, say hard press just to make sure I'm in the right church. Anybody who's ever gone through anything, just wave your hands in the air and say, you're looking at a testimony and say, in I don't always look like what I've been through but the fact of the matter is you're sitting by a testimony just this week somebody felt squeezed and hard-pressed am I right about it Paul says you look at us as apostles but let me tell you who we really are Ooh, we are troubled Ooh. We are squeezed, we are pressed, just, just, ooh. Any real folk in here said, Pastor, I know what you're preaching about. I, I felt squeezed in just last week. And how many of you did not, you got to the point, it seemed like pressure was coming from Everest. In fact, he uses the word. He said, we are troubled, we are hard pressed on what? Every, every side, when I go left, there's trouble. Right, there's trouble. Front and back, there's trouble everywhere I go. Children act crazy. Co-workers act crazy. Money is funny. Hot water heater goes out. and the, the, the transmission in your car goes out. and The refrigerator stops getting cold. Can I just preach to some real folk and don't know what to do and mortgages do and gotta send the children to college and got to pay the tuition bill and the enemy says how are you gonna make it somebody yeah squeeze we are hard press Paul says on every side. The Greek translation for that means in every imaginable way. Anything you can imagine I've been through. 
That's what Paul says. How, how many of you got that testimony? Folk, if you can't even imagine some of the things you, I see you praising God. And folks see you praising God, but they don't know the cost of your praise. They, woo, they, woo, if they only knew all the stuff you went through just on last week. Oh, y'all, y'all are going to, I feel a breakthrough praise in here. I feel somebody praising God just for last week just for the stuff you came out of like just for being squeezed and hard-pressed last week somebody got 30 seconds to stand to your feet and throw your head back and from the depths of your back come on Zion before you sit down, look at somebody and say, if you only knew the stuff I had to endure, if you only knew what I had to go through just to get this praise, since time will not permit me the opportunity to elaborate on all I've been through, trust me, there's a story behind this praise. Where are my praises? Where are the real praises? Can I preach? I feel like preaching. I've been squeezing. Your head hurts. Back hurts. Arm hurt. Feet hurt. But I still have a praise. Anybody ever given God a praise with a hurt back and a head hurt, blood pressure high? Y'all excuse us. I am not crushed. I've been squeezed, but I am not crushed. Come on, Zion. Come on. You ought to give God your best praise. Because if the enemy had his way, you would have been squeezed out. You've been squeezed. Not crushed. Not crushed. Leave your seat and touch two people. Say, not crushed. Y'all excuse me, I've got to put a praise on that. Somebody excuse me, I've got to put a praise on the fact. Not crush, not crush.
against the wall. You've been squeezed, but you have not been crushed. You are still here in the midst of all you've been through to declare God is still good. much pain I couldn't even get out of the bed chip in order to come to the funeral Thursday my wife had to put my socks on my feet I couldn't even bend over the enemy say you can't preach on Sunday I laid my hands on my own back and said in the name of Jesus now look Lift those hands. Somebody help me declare so that every hater, every demon, every devil can hear you say that. Say hard press, but not crush. Now say this is us. Say I've been through something, but I'm still here. I could have been crushed. I should have been crushed. But the enemy thought he had me. But I got up out of the bed this Sunday morning to declare God is still good all the time. as you stand to your feet. Not crushed. Not crushed. 
I thought about something. Have you ever seen an old, useless car that's taken to the junkyard and what they do with it? They crush it. They crush it, Elder Wilson, until it doesn't even look like the car that it was. And when they crush it, it means it would never be the same car again. I need you to help me encourage somebody and say, that could have been you. The enemy had you at the salvage yard. And the pressure was coming down. But before the devil could crush you, God said, hold on. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. I need some witnesses. Before the enemy could crush you, God stopped it. God blocked it. And the reason why Paul could declare this as you stand and we prepare for the altar, the reason why Paul could declare we'll not crush because he knew that no matter the situation, no matter the trouble, they were going to make it and things were going to be all right. Look at somebody and say, we're going to make it as long as the Lord is on our side. As you leave your seats wherever you are, God told me to end this message right here. We'll finish this on Tuesday night. But Myrna Summers and the late Reverend Timothy Wright wrote this wonderful song. The words of the song say, I know somehow, whew, I know some way we're going to make it. Whew. I know it hasn't been easy. Whew. I know it hasn't been easy. I look at this wonderful young lady and her husband. Just last year, they lost their newborn baby. A few weeks ago, Shana, you lost your brother in a tragic carjacking in Washington, D.C. But the next Sunday, you were in church because your testimony was, I know somehow, I know some way we are going to make it. Any witnesses in here? No matter what the test, woo, whatever comes our way, I need you to encourage someone. Say, we're going to make it with Jesus on our side. Things will work out just fine. Lift those hands and say, we are going, we are going to make it. Ooh. Come on wherever you are as Sister Francis and the choir come and bless us. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. If you're grateful you haven't been crushed, leave your seat and come just stand at the altar. 
just as a testimony that you're still here. Maybe some of you have been through something right no now. No matter what the test. Sing, Francis. Yeah, yeah. Whatever comes our way. Look at somebody. We're, we're going to make You're going to make it, baby. You're going to make it. Yeah. Jesus on our side Things will work out fine We're gonna make it Tell every demon in your life you're gonna make it Yeah, 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 yeah Tell them Somebody say we're going to we're gonna make it come on somewhere somehow Woo. Oh, don't know how but somehow favor and this is one of those series where we embrace each other just put your arms around somebody's shoulders look at somebody and say this is us so we all have been through troubles none of us have a perfect life we all have had ups and downs struggles disappointments hard press on every side. The Greek translation says in every imaginable way, but not crushed. <laughs> ah. You can take it. You can make it. 
you can come out of this. Ooh. You've been squeezed. You've been hedged in. Backs against the walls. Felt like giving up. But you made it. Ooh. You are not crushed. You, you are still here. And God allowed you to make it for a reason. Reason why you have gone through what you've gone through and still here is because God says, I can trust your testimony. And I know that when I bring you out, somebody see your struggles. And they say, how can you lose a baby and you still love God? How can you lose a job and you can still praise God? How can your home have been repossessed and you still know how to worship God? Because you're not crushed. Because here's what people don't know. Your success has never been predicated on the things that are in your life or the people that are a part of your life. Ooh, people will let you down, but not crush. Some of you have been through divorces and separations and abandonment, but not crush. Some of you are raising children with no help. Ooh, no help to be found. Can't even get in touch with folk that ought to be helping you. But that's all right. Somebody shout, we're going to make it. God can raise up your children to be the next leaders and the next preachers. Uh, God can raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. Because what's behind the hedge is the anointing that's in your life. Close. Listen, here's the, here's the challenge. Where are you with your relationship with God? Are you ready to take the next step? On last Sunday, we introduced you to our new concept, this card. Preachers have it in the back. Just wave it up front. Down the aisleways, they have it. We were so touched on last Sunday, Mother. Over 40 people signed this card and says, I want to take the next step. Some said, I want to be baptized. Others said, I want to join the church. I want to give my life to the Lord. I told the church a wonderful story, a wonderful true story at eight. I want to share it just before we pray. One of the cards, one of the elders called a young lady. She says, I'm so glad you called. I have been coming to church. I wanted to take the next step, but quite honestly, I didn't know if the church would accept me. I didn't know, I don't even know if God would accept me. She said, I'm HIV positive. I've made some mistakes in my life. Now I'm suffering the consequences. People around me said, that church doesn't want you. God doesn't want you. And they called this wonderful elder who was on the phone. She prayed with this young lady and says, not only does the church want you, God wants you. And we don't care what you've been through. We now know who you are. 
You may be HIV positive, but you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Whew. This young lady just cried on the phone and just said, thank you so much for calling me. We've got a mission. We have an assignment to do whatever God says do to win souls. And now this young lady, she, she didn't have to stand up before 2,500 people and confess her sins before all of you. That's not what God asked her to do. But she's given her life to the Lord. And she's a part of the kingdom of God simply because she was willing to take the next step. If you're here, just wave your hands wherever you are and you just want more information and you want to take that next step. Maybe you want to know more about the church. You want to know more about salvation. Before you leave, that card is available. The ministers and the elders will have it in our ways. Ushers at the back door, at the altar. Just get it and fill it out. And drop it in a bucket or give it to someone before you leave. And within 48 hours, somebody will call you. And they will pray with you. And they will encourage you. Because they will remind you of this. You're not the only one who's been hard-pressed. You're not the only one who's ever felt squeezed. But the good news is that we're not crushed. Amen. Close those eyes, arms around somebody's shoulders. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. Thank you for reminding us that despite our circumstances, all of us have been through situations. We all have been at times in our lives squeezed, hard-pressed, backs or against the wall. But the good news, we are not crushed. <laughs> Ooh, what the enemy thought would take us out only made us better. <laughs> we say thank you, Lord. We pray for those no matter what they're going through. Anybody who's out there, any drug addict, anybody who's out there, HIV positive, any, any inmate that is incarcerated, anybody who has been incarcerated, you, you, you need to know that God loves you. We all are earthen vessels. We all are flawed vessels. And there's a story behind all of our testimonies. This is us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Help us expand the kingdom. Not promote a church organization, not promote a ministerial career, but help us to expand the kingdom. And when it's all said and done and they've forgotten the name by the way, and they never knew the name Daryl Jackson, they would know your name. And they would know what you can do. We say thank you. Because it is already done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a Holy Ghost hug. Say, we can make it. We're going to make it. Take one of those cards. Amen. Get one. Get one. If you want to join the church, if you want to give your life to the Lord, get one. If you want to stand out front today and remain at the altar, you can stand today. You can. Amen. Get one. Hey, when we're done. If you're here today, you want to, you don't have to wait, you don't have to wait here. That's right. We 
we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Courage, somebody, yeah. We invite you back on Tuesday night. We have three wonderful observations that we want to put in the atmosphere. Throughout this series, invite your family members, friends to come and be a part. Because as we will state all month long, look at somebody and say, this is us. Ooh, somebody told that young lady with HIV, this is us. You may not have HIV and the reason why some of you don't have it is because God was just gracious to you. It wasn't because you were that good. Ooh, amen, somebody. But I, I've, I've learned regardless of what folks say, our business, as Bishop Jackson said, is so winning, is our number one business. Amen. Stand to your feet for the benediction. Amen. Thank you. Come back on Tuesday night for just one hour from 7 to 8 as we continue this message that God has given us. And throughout this month, let us remember these words in 2 Corinthians. As we lift our hands to the Lord, now, Lord, we thank you for this service. We thank you for blessing us in a special way. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that all of us, like Paul did, remind these Corinthians have gone through trials and tribulation. But the good news is that we have not been crushed. Encourage somebody by these words. And as we prepare to end this service, remember to allow us to walk in your grace as we leave this place. To be encouraged by your words. Let it be more than just a momentary feeling of excitement. But let the word penetrate our hearts. Throughout this entire week, let us be reminded that we have been hard-pressed but not crushed. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Greet somebody and say, This is us. Amen. If you want one of these cards, somebody will still be up front. Amen. Ministers and elders at the door, wherever you are, just drop it off. Amen. See somebody. God bless you.